Podcast. Hi everyone, uh, welcome to the show, and uh, it's our fifth episode. And um, today we have an exciting uh, guest on board, one of my other old mentors, and then uh, someone that I look up to quite a bit, uh, Brian Capel. And we'd like to say hi to Brian straight away. Brian, here's a picture of Brian. Uh, Brian is the group CEO of. Uh, of the CEO of Publicis Group in Indonesia and he started off his career in Malaysia. Let's say hi to Brian. Brian, what's up, Brian? Hey, hi, AVJ. Hey, <laughs> it was a <laughs> short intro today, oh. not, not, a, not a long one. I've heard a lot Other, of people complaining of about my long uh, intro, so I've cut it short now. <laughs> Welcome what to the show, Brian. Your other old mentors, is it? <laughs> yeah, one of, one of my other old, I shouldn't say old, like, one of my other mentors because I'm so old now. <laughs> Brian, how are you? Good, 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 good. Uh, at home, stuck at home, uh, um, but everything's good. What have you been up to? Good, in this as, whole... as, as good as it can be, la. As good as it can. What be. have you been up to in the, this whole lockdown? Uh, I think it's the same for everyone. I think it's you know we're all trying to to cope with this. Uh, obviously, experimenting a lot of cooking with the wife. You know, when when we, when, when 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 I can. Uh, and yeah, and and you know, working on a work sense, you tend to lose uh, track of time, right? Uh, then you look at your calendar, and then you just look, you know, every every schedule is fully booked from back to back. So yeah, we're all trying to survive and try and do our best as much as we can, and that's be true. as optimistic as possible. That's true. I think that's good. Brian, can you tell us a bit about your history? I know you came, you are from Para, right? You're a yeah. Batu Gajah boy. Batu Gajah Boy. Correct. Yeah. How did, and how did you get into creative? Like, how did uh, you start? Okay. Um, <laughs> so, I'm, I'm not very academic. Uh, so, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I did uh, the usual Form 5 all in Batu Gajah, right? Uh, parents moved around a lot because my dad was in the... My dad was at Rich Master in Tin Mines. Uh, so, almost every four years, we moved uh, around Para, but, you know, from one town to another town in Para. Uh, and I did. Uh, I didn't do well in my form five. I got a grade three, you know. So so, <laughs> and then uh, to do form six, uh, I had to do private uh, in Goons College. Uh, and once I finished that, then I thought, okay lah, you know, can chill for a while. You know, don't do anything. You know, no need to study anymore. And then my my uncle got. You know, he was saying that. You know, and my uncle is very uh, uh, very stern. So he was the he was the media director in Bozel, so in KL. So then after that he said, uh, 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 you know, Brian, what are you doing now? So I said nothing. Then he says, okay, you know, don't waste your time and come and do something. Okay, uh, come and you know come join Bozel, become a tra- trainee. So obviously I thought, okay, trainee can get some money la, But obviously at that time, right, uh, uh, trainee is no money la. I was nineteen years old, so there was no money. And I, you know, I joined, I came in Bozel, you know, first thing I realized was, hey, damn cool, nobody needs to wear tie, you know, so nobody wears a tie. So for me, that was like, oh, this is heaven, you know, so great job. So as trainee, then you can, you know, you kind of, um, uh, uh, you know, just sit within the creative side, then uh, you start from the bottom. Lah. So I thought, okay, lah, you know, can, can become an FA artist, but obviously at that time without any background, so... So not qualified FA artists, but more like support the art directors, right? We didn't have computers at that time. So, you know, everything was uh, photocopy, right? So you photocopy everything and then after that you give the art directors 
then you cut off and then they make the layouts right at that time so yeah a so lot I of the right a lot of the younger generation will never know this never experience know. yeah so I that mean, means you have to cut and cop paste correct, all the things correct. That's correct, correct. Cut, cut and paste everything. Headlines were all you know. We used to have those typeface books, and then after that, you know, you kind of trace and then you make the headlines. You enlarge everything. You do the headlines. So everything was manual, right? And and yeah. So I was uh, uh, what do you call? I asked you know what was my title? How come I don't have a name card? Because when my parents were saying you know oh you got a job fantastic let me give me your name card. So I didn't have a name card. And then I asked at that time my my senior who was the art director at that time I said you know can I get a name card or not? Then he says oh but you don't have a title. Then he says okay I tell you what we call you photocop photocopy artist, right? And and yeah and 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 uh, so I was a photocopy artist. Huh? <laughs> how long how long was that? How long did you do that? Uh, I did that for for six months. Obviously, as photocopy artist, I did not, you know, I I didn't get any salary. So then, in the night, uh, in the night, I worked in Pizza Hut in the kitchen. Uh, uh, and then after that, then you know, sometimes when I need to, I'll get back to the office at about you know after I finish cleaning the closing the 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 kitchen, then there'll be about two a.m. one two a.m. And then you know just just you know get back to the office. And then do as much as I can, That's so continue photocopy and stuff. Yeah. So from there, But how did you develop your career? What did you do? Uh, I think it was more like as every from one thing to another. So I think I was more curious. So like you know from photocopy artist, and then after that I saw the FA artist. Then I thought, wow, very nice. This guy, they they cut the whole day. They use cow gum, you know. And then of course some of them, you know, they took the cow gum they snip. Then you know they used to get high <laughs> with cow gum. Yeah. Uh, I thought okay lah, you know, quite cool. And then after that, I saw designers and designers get to you know they they they, they get to go for shoots. Uh, and then I said okay, I would like to go for shoots as well. And then when I was a designer, then you know art directors used to go to Thailand for 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 TV commercial films and offlines and all. Then I say I I want to do that as well. And same thing when came to art directors, and then after that, on top of that, group heads on top of that. So almost I, you know, used to chase for it every six months. Oh wow! Every six months, I was hoping for so, uh, increment. You were super hungry. Every- you were super hungry that time. Cari makan. That's good. Then from Bozel, how did you? Where did you move to? So from Bozel, and then uh, uh, I had a, a, a very good friend of mine at time. She was in Bozel. Then uh, she said. Uh, Brian, do you want to, you know, do you want to, you know, uh, work in in Spider? Uh, and Spider at that time was one of the like big award winners, right? At that time, you know, with with Kinsley, yeah. you know, and Jared Lee, right? So then, opportunity as an art director, you know, Kinsley was one of the most famous art directors at that time. He was like, you know, our our, our that kind of level, right? And I said, okay lah, you know, uh, I'll give this a shot. I met Kin, I met met up with Kins. I've never met somebody so so meticulous, you know, and 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 so you know so every percentage, every mm, every one percent, you know, was so important to him. And I think that was that was one of my that was one of my 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 you know the blessings, right? Is <clears throat> everywhere we go, you always look for one mentor that you know you want to learn something from. So you know, even at that when I was in when I was in Bozel, you know, I had you know two art directors, you know, uh, Mok and Ming, 
uh, and and they were very you know they didn't give up you know for them they were really pushing me every day you know uh, uh, you know in terms of, of of what I needed to do uh, to learn and then when came to spider then there was Kinsley and Kins was one of those guys that told you the importance of 0.02 mm you know and, and if not for him then you know you wouldn't you wouldn't know how to train your eye in terms of you know how to look at details yeah but he was very detailed <laughs> and i mean I, i i i'll tell you a story i tell a lot of my my my, my kids as well so obviously when he says oh brand go and enlarge this you know 1% you know photocopy and enlarge for him to do the layout right and then go and enlarge this 2% I'm going every time I go like bloody hell does he actually know the difference or 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 is he just you know for kicks right then uh then um uh, I took I said okay kids I'll go and photocopy 2% or 1.5% or something like that then I came back right with the same size right I didn't I didn't enlarge it so I gave it to him then he looked at it he stand you know stand from afar and he says hey Very shit. You didn't go and enlarge this. Go, 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 go. Enlarge for me. This is the same size, exactly the same size. So, so good luck. I mean, we learn, lah. We learn, we learn. So he was my teacher when it came to, you know, zero point zero two, lah. And yeah. then just yeah. looking into the details, and you know, he <laughs> had that eye. So from right. that spider, then what happened after that? Uh, after spider, then uh, uh, I went to. Hold on. After Spider, I went to Leo Bennett. Leo Bennett. Uh, uh, wait, Leo Bennett or Gilby? Leo Bennett. Yeah, Leo Bennett. Oh, so you And actually jumped twice, Leo Bennett or Gilby yeah. Leo Bennett. I didn't know because I only knew. I've heard. I heard your name when uh, you worked in Leo Bennett, and that was Yasmin's time, right? Yeah, correct, correct. And correct. that time you were one of the hottest partners, you and your panos, or one of the names that you hear in the Malaysian industry. Uh, in uh, what is that? Alex and Sean, right? So yes, Alex, Alex and Sean. Sean. So, 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 so they got me in. Uh, they got me in to to work on Malaysia Airlines account, and that's that's another. I mean, it was another fantastic experience. Like, you know, at that time, Leo Burnett was like so. You know, with Yasmin, with Ali, with you know, all the superstars were there. You know, uh, 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 Iska, Zaidi. You know, the, you know, the whole gang was there. Like. So, I think for me, it was it was it was it was a blessing to have worked with with Alex and and, and Sean. And then you have one person who's I've never seen like somebody so you know so passionate you know when 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 you know when he presents uh, Alex and Sean was was uh, uh, for me from Kins to Sean you know in terms of how do you pick the right image you know what story does the right image you know what what image the what image you use what story does it tell and and I think that was a fantastic uh, a training ground for me right. Uh, and at the end of the day, like you said, uh, and you know, we've had this many conversations before in terms of you know, it's very important to go somewhere where, you know, you know that you can learn from that person. Hmm. Uh, and, and we've had many conversations like that before. Uh, and everywhere I went, I always looked for you know, for for a mentor, right? Uh, because there was always something I needed to learn, so I never went to any art school, or right. So I needed to kind of have my 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 curriculum, right. So all the topics, right, art direction, presentation, yeah. you know. So, so so instead of going to college, you learned it in real life experience. I think that's amazing. 
Yeah. And I think the one of my my one of the, the one of the biggest blessings was also to actually, you know, work with Yasmin. I think for a lot of people, I how was that? A lot of young word. younger people have heard a name, but nobody knows the real experience. How would you describe it? And what do you oh, think wow. was, uh, was amazing? Like any stories out of that? You know, there, there's there's the one thing like the one thing that for me. Uh, uh, you know the one that you know how Yasmin until today. You know her name still pops in my head is how close she gets to people, right? The importance of the importance of of, of being curious, uh, always ask questions, you know, and just love what you do. You know, and I think that's that's a strength. I I, I remember like you know late in the night, like because I was doing I was an art director on Malaysia Airlines. So we needed to, so we needed to get uh, materials FAs out to Europe, right? Who were seven hours, who were seven hours behind, and and sometimes it'll only be me there in the studio with the FA guys, right? Uh, and the production guys, and then Yasmin used to come. She goes in and out, right? So maybe she finished, like let's say for example, she finished a shoot or something, then she'll come. She says, "Hey Brian, what are you doing?" And then I'm like, uh, oh, doing the FA, Yasmin, uh, same, same old, same old. Then she'll come and sit down next to me, right? Then she'll look, she'll look, and she did that with everyone, right? She'll just stare and look at you, and then she'll ask things like, you know, do you have a girlfriend? You know, and then uh, why do you love her, right? Um, she'll ask things like, what's your favorite color? Why do you like black, right? Uh, why do you wear sandals? Why do you wear shoes? She asks a lot of questions, and sometimes it, you know, it, it's, you know, you want to see it one thing as to, to, you know, in terms of curiosity and, and you know, trying to understand people, but I think it's that sincerity that she was just curious. She was just curious. So I guess then, you know, like she used to go up to the stage in Kanchils and she never wear sandals, right? She used to go barefooted, right? And then she'll she'll ask like, so do you, so are you comfortable if you don't wear sandals? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go like yeah. Comfortable is like at home. Do you feel that everywhere is like home? So it's very random, right? Then you go like um, yeah, like office. I can wear barefoot. I can walk barefooted. Would you walk barefooted in a mall? You just random. <laughs> so I think the, the 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 one for me the one lesson is just just be curious and there's no such thing as a stupid question. Yeah. And because at the end you see no matter how stupid the question, right? He puts a smile on your face, huh? right? I used to laugh like, "Why are you asking me these kind of questions?" <laughs> Obviously, sometimes she asks a lot of questions, which you know I wouldn't even say it on live. You know, now, <laughs> okay. You know, just, just, just. It's quite. You know, it's it's beautiful to to actually have have had conversations with her. That's amazing. And then, how did uh, then you move to Ogilvy, right? Yeah, uh, uh, moved to Ogilvy uh, 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 at the time was uh, Sonal, uh, and and you know I think so again another mentor for Sonal you. Dabha. Yeah, yet another mentor. You know the the person who you know the person who never you know who you know who who truly believes that you know an idea can come at any point of time you know at you know whenever possible you know. Uh, uh, and I think one of the stories that I remember the most was, you know, working on this pitch uh, for for Utusan for for Utusan Malaysia, uh, and then uh, uh, was that we were driving, you know, we worked all night on the materials, 
you know, and and you know at that time mounting boards, right? So worked overnight, you know, and then mounting boards for that much, you know, ready to present. I think it was two ideas. It was a lot of films, a lot of print, you know. And then uh, uh, at that time, then in the morning, Sonal came. So obviously there was no time to review. Uh, the MD at the time said, "Okay, come, come. We better go. We better go. We're late." So then he 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 drove. Then Sonal sat on the on the on on uh, uh, Sonal sat on the side. Uh, then me and my partner sat behind. And then throughout the entire journey to the client's place, right? Then Sonal kept doing this, right? And when Sonal does that. That's the sign that he's thinking about something, right? <laughs> something is bugging him, and most of the time he's got an idea. Okay. And then he just did that. Then he goes like, "Fuck." Then after that, it's like, "Okay." So me and my partner we look at each other and says, "I got an idea." And then after that, we all looking at each other. We says, "Okay, uh, uh, for what? So now, yeah, for this. Okay, we're gonna go for the presentation, and he's got an idea." So we went. So we reach. We and we says how. Then he says no, no. It's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, so we 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 went. And then uh, he, you know, the, the the MD started, you know, the opening and you know did the, the front of the of the of, of the presentation. Came to the creative. So now just put the whole mounting board, everything on the table. And then after that, he, you know, then he was honest. He just said, you know, on our way here, we had a better idea. But we have all of this. But it's okay. We can leave it for you, right? Uh, 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 we leave it for you to have a look at it. But I'll share with you what our idea was. So he just presented a script, right? Presented a script. Didn't present anything from their mounting board. And then we finished the presentation, Q and A. We left, and and we won the business. So I think it's it's literally just a, 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 you know uh, indication that you know or something that is had happened for for. For real, that at the end of the day, it's you know ideas can come anytime and can come from anywhere. So that was a beautiful experience. And it's also never too late to change an idea. Never story. too late to change <laughs> an idea. In the story, <laughs> that's funny, Brian. And uh, yeah, and uh, that's I mean after that Sonal time, right? Um, I remember then you were also the CD or the ECD of uh, of uh, Ogilvy, you and Paul. Yes. CD, 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 and uh, I worked with it yeah. at that time, and and uh, I, I would say like that was one of the moments that that changed uh, the way I I thought, and 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 the way only because I think you were such a great man manager. I think you knew how to bring out the best in your team. I, I remember one of the things that you used to come and tell, like you you told me like, oh, actually you're not good at this, but you're good at this. And I felt that one was like, oh shit, okay, that's quite true actually. Then I learned and tried to do what I was good at, and what I was not good at, I tried to find other people to work with that I was not good at. So I felt like you know you were you were really good at identifying people's like strengths and weaknesses, and then telling them about it. And I learned a lot in that 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 period, right? Yeah. Uh, so I have to say but thanks. The, but the good thing is is because new challenge, right? Every you 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 know you're quite a, 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 a let's put it this way lah. You you you're you're that type also very curious, right? Yeah. So you used to challenge, and because you challenge, then at least I knew like you know at the end of the day, 
you know what you know what advice we you know we could give we, we could give you know and then ask you to focus on what things right uh, on certain things i think one of the or, or one of the, the the biggest challenges anywhere right is when somebody is not vocal enough and then it's very difficult because then we don't know how to help right but i think in your sense you and sati when i remember both of your two of you when it comes to, to internals you all will argue and you all will defend and you will you know but it was very rich the conversation was every time it was building right we were building something so so yeah so and and i know you 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 know you were that type that says hey you know you go off after the internal then you come back brand i ask you something can i can you really think this one work ah <laughs> so you were very stubborn so which was good <laughs> Yeah, I remember a lot. I mean, we had a lot of fun times there, and uh, I learned a lot from you. So it was really good memories, and we had we had uh, also a very good team as well there. We had Adam, Jules, you know, a lot of good people came from yeah. there, you know. Uh, so then yeah, after yeah. that was the time when you left Malaysia. How, what, what happened? Like you know, what what made you want to leave the country? Uh, I. Uh I think for me it was was more curiosity uh, uh uh you know a curiosity you know that hey I can I can work you know can can travel you know work out of the country uh and I never had you know so I never had an offer you know to to go anywhere else not to Singapore or anything before so suddenly uh you know at the time the MD was Steve Bonell so you know he called me up uh and asked me whether I was keen to take on this role uh as the ecd of leo benet in 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 jakarta um and i think for me one of the 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 reasons i said yes was mainly because okay you know bahasa you know i can you know i can you know i i, I you know i should be able to survive lah you know uh and one of the biggest pull for me was also it was the mcdonald's account hmm. right Uh, and then I asked what account thing he says you know there were Danamon at the time you know then there was Frisian flag and then there was McDonald's and you know McDonald's was one of those that you know as a creative you go like if I could get a chance to go to McDonald's you know I would like that opportunity so yeah so then I said okay you know what I'll give this a shot you know I thought I'll no, I'll try it I'll try and see and and coming into a new market like that and what year was that do you remember what year was that? i remember it was quite some time ago uh, 19 uh, no 2008 2008 in you know 2008 in june describe how oh june okay happy anniversary <laughs> so yeah so describe how was the market when you first came and how was the agency Uh, at that time, uh, Leo Leo Bennett was quite small, right? I think there was about, in terms of creative teams, there was about seven, seven, seven or eight guys. Uh, and you know, when when I came initially, came to to have a chat with the teams, right, with the CDs, uh, uh, chat with the CDs, and then you know, had discussions with the with the leads as well, the business leads. Uh, uh, and then I met a couple of clients as well, you know. One thing I realized was the the energy, right? The energy and the passion. You know, when I started talking to 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 anyone, right? The energy and the passion was just amazing. Right? Obviously, when I walked around, you know, the first day, you know, a lot of people thought uh, uh, Brian Charles Capel was some bully, right? Some masale. <laughs> you know, and when I was walking around, then they they would go like, you know, oh, this one, this one is not the this one is not the bully. This one is not the bully. 
you know, uh, uh, obviously only to realize that Brian Charles Capel is not bully at all, right? That's so, that was quite funny. When I first read your name, whether I'm going to interview interview with this person, I thought was a, a Caucasian or a, not an Asian. Right? <laughs> then when I came, I was like, hey, this fool can't be Brian Capel. Doesn't look like a Brian Capel. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, then how? What did you? How was your first uh, few months there? You know, uh, any insecurities, uh, anything that you were confident or the passion was there, the energy was there, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I definitely will try and remember as much as I can. It's been many years. Yes, <laughs> but I think um, um, the the one thing that kept me going was the energy, right? And I think you know, I'm I'm generally a very optimistic person, uh, so so. Anything beyond the energy for me was like it's okay as long as you got passion, right? Energy is passion, right? Yeah. As long as you have the passion, that means whatever that that anybody you know has any weakness, right? In terms of, of, of you know in terms of strength and weakness, right? At the end of the day, we can learn, right? Uh, and based on that energy itself, that I felt uh, automatically, it was like okay, this this is going to be okay. This is going to be good. And I'm one of those that 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 a lot of people ask me before, right? Why I never set up my own, right? Even though after so many years here, um, don't know whether you call it strength or call it weakness, but for me is I get my energy from from people, right? So like when we work together, I get my energy from you. I get your energy. I get the energy from from Sati, right? So I like I like being surrounded by very curious, very hyper, very energetic people, because that gets me going. Right? That makes me love what I do more. Cool. I'm gonna play your first piece of work, this Frisian one, uh, because you said it's one of the first few things that you yeah. that you yeah. produced when it came in. Let's let's watch it first, then yeah. tell us the story about that. You know. Okay. Okay. okay I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll play that now. Brian Frisian Flag, tell us a bit about that. Was one of your first pieces yeah. of work there? Yeah, um, it was. I think it, <laughs> the I had a very very strict client, right? Uh, very, uh, uh, you know, very very strict uh, uh, zeal, you know, in Frisian Flag. And I think it was it was you know uh, uh, first the teams were they were presenting. Uh, 
uh, you know, multiple rounds. And then uh, suddenly I had, you know, then the team said that, you know, they many times you got rejected. And then they said, uh, 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 you know, can you go and present, right, the next round? Because she kind of saw the team as, you know, uh, uh, not being able to crack it. Then I had this idea uh, at, uh, at the time. Then, you know, then, I, then everybody was afraid because she was quite a traditionalist in a way at this time. And and you know and with one of the ending part which was the letting go of gas, uh, then she said there is a lot of people said there is no no way she will buy it. There's no way she will buy it. And I said okay like the end day no harm. So obviously we all had you know the trick is you always had one script which was a lot more safer, and then this one you know uh, which was an alternative ending which was very safe, and and then this ending which is the boy letting go gas. And I just said, you know, I just love this script, right? Uh, and then, in a way, it's it's without any background story, it's kind of like my relationship with my brother as well. So then I said, okay lah, you know, I I would like to sell this script. So I went and then I presented to her, and she's one of those that when you make presentations, she never laughs, right? And and you know, so my my task that day was just make her laugh lah. So came to came to that to came to that script. Then after the presentation, then she laughed. And then she said, "Are you sure?" Said, okay, 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 okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. So then, yeah. So then we 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 shot that. Uh, thank goodness it did very well. Um, um, the first time a Frisian flag, you know, did something, you know, something like that because previously they were quite, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, quite tactical in a way. So good, good experience. Uh, good experience with Frisian flag. That's cool. Um, let's jump into the next piece of work. You've got one from Sympathy, which is your telco clients. You want to talk about yeah. it before, or you want to tell us after yeah. we played? Yeah, I can. yeah, um, yeah. I can talk about that. Um, this one was interesting. I think one of you know throughout the years here, you know, one thing I realized is what was really important is the relationship you have with your clients, right? And and I think you vouch for that as well, PJ. Is it's it's extremely crucial to. To, to, to partner your clients. I think this, in a way, was a scenario where, where I was on leave, right? And then the team, you know, the team came up with a with, with a script, right? Uh, at that time, um, this is quite old, like this maybe 2013, if I'm not mistaken. So the brief from the client was to come up with a 30 seconder. So the team came up with a 30 seconder. Uh, and then, uh, 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 you know, uh, I said, okay, like, can we change? Can we do something? Then it says, oh no, you know, everything's been approved. It's going into production. So I said, okay, like, you know, it's cool. So at the PPM, at the PPM, uh, the client was there as well, right? We already did the agency pre-production meeting. And then this one, you know, the client came in. And then once we finish the production, then I said, oh God, I got an idea. So I did a sonal. <laughs> I got an idea. I got an interesting idea. So I pulled the client by the side. Then I told the client, I said, hey, I have this thought. What if we did this? Right? And then uh, obviously, because at the time, Sympathy had uh, Agnes Monica like, at the time, you know, as, as the, as the uh, ambassador. Okay. So then I said, you know, you know, does she have, does she have a music video? Uh, does she have a new single? Then uh, uh, the client said, wait, let me call. So he went up, he called the agent. Uh, and then the agent says, yes, she has a new single. Oh, fantastic, good. Does she have a music video? Then after he says, hold on, let me check. Call? No, she doesn't have a music video. I said, perfect, why don't we help get the people to help her do a music video? 
So we use whatever traditional channels you know that that is out there. You know, use the channels to get people to get involved. Huh? And then then the, the the we we shared the idea with everyone. The client was there brainstorming with us. Came up with you know the the, the whole you know the, the whole shebang. Immediately, the film director thought of how to execute the the, the film, and we did everything in two weeks, including a, a, a base music video, and then we had slots within the video for people to submit their entries. So I guess the experience is is stay close to your client, no matter what, just stay close to them. Cool. Let me play this case study video here. Yeah. yeah. Sympathy, the biggest prepaid telco brand in Indonesia, wanted to drive data usage and to increase relevance with the young audience. As we found out that Agnes Monica will soon be launching her latest international single, Walk. We found an opportunity for people to be part of this epic moment in pop culture. Sympathy could connect their users to an Indonesian icon and give them a reason to use their data usage. Have Agnes Monica create her official music video. We invited people through multiple channels. Bersama Simpati, aku ngajak kalian untuk bikin video klip baru sama aku. The invitation leads to the Simpati microsite. Here people watch the blank music video. Choose which part they will want to be part of. Uploaded their expressions, share it with friends, and like the other submissions. As the submissions came pouring through, there were some interesting ones, some really good, some unique, and some very creative. In just six weeks, over 16,000 videos uploaded, with 40,000 participants voted, and for sales, a 33% increment in data usage during the campaign period. It's a difficult choice to select the winners, but with the help of Agnes Monica, 20 winners were selected. On August 29th, 2013, we launched Agnes Monica's official music video featuring sympathy users, Walk. Cool, Brian. So um, I'm going to ask you one two questions before we show some of your other work, right? The first one yeah. being, uh, what would your advice be for someone who wants to move to a different market uh, as a creative? Um, what would your pointers be? Like, uh, okay, uh, I guess it's. I always believe try. You know, if you if the individual has always been curious, you know, try. Um, in fact, I remember you called me with every move you had, right? Even from Ogilvy days, you always called me, and I said, "Go for it." You, you would know, talk to it. me for hours sometimes, man. Like I remember every every role I had. Every, yeah. Every move you had, we spoke on the phone for hours. Yeah. Because you always, you see, you always ask one thing, right? Is what it, you know? I'm not sure whether I can I can do it, right? Uh, um, you know, but I'm very keen. 
right? So I think what was very important is you were very keen. So if you're very keen, you're you know you really want it. I think everything else will fall into place, right? And and I think the the one of, I mean, for you, your advantage is you're a very people's person. So what happens is it's a lot easier to then to then make it lah, right? And that's an important point, Brian, when you say people's person, because you're going to a new market and you're working with people that you used to people in your country or your city, and then suddenly yeah. you're going to a new market and they are totally different. Although you think they are similar, yeah. what, what would yeah. your advice be? You know, um, or anything one, that you saw that is different? You know, yeah. uh, I mean, wherever you go, everybody is different. I mean, even in even in even in KL, right? From one you know one art director to another art director, they are very different. So you have somebody who is extremely vocal, then you have somebody who is extremely quiet. You know, you have somebody who is very stubborn, and then you have somebody who will just say yes, right? And I think that implies the same, right? Across whatever country you go to, you will meet somebody with that character characteristics. Correct. And I think that's why, like for me, for me, number one, I. I I I I can only survive based on the people around me. So it was very important to to connect with with my team. It's very you know important to connect with the clients uh, uh, and build relationships, right? And understand that we cannot survive without them, right? Uh, and no matter who they are, so whether they are that stubborn person or whether they are the vocal person or the quiet person, they are exactly the same type of people anywhere you go. You know, like I bet even in Singapore, you would have in your team, you would have somebody who's very vocal, but somebody who's very quiet, and I think that's exactly the same. But so, the one thing I feel like would be different is culture. I I, yeah. I remember coming to Indonesia. I thought like, okay, I know Bahasa, but when I went there, I was like, holy shit! They would talk so fast, and the slang is so different <laughs> that the first two three weeks I couldn't understand what the fuck was going on. But then after that, I was like, slowly I'm trying to understand. Then I got it. You know, yeah. culture Maybe is so different. But that's the point, right? The point is, you said that, holy shit, you know, I don't understand. But then eventually, you understood why because you knew it was important to understand. And you know, wherever you go, I think it's the same. It's the same challenges. How receptive are we to to you know to to adapt, right? And I think one thing we are all you know, all of us are good at adapt is to adapt. I mean, you look at you look at uh, now the situation now, right? Um, previously, in you know, in any office, right, and 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 if like in Singapore, you know, this hot hot desking is is it has been you know there for the longest time, and we tried to implement it here, right. Uh, everybody said that you know there is no way hot desking can happen, right? Why? Because everybody wants their desk to put their pictures and things, right? Yeah. But if you think about it, like now, everybody's been doing so well not having their desk. Right, because we adapt, and the same thing even for us. Right, no matter first thing for me was when I first arrived in two thousand eight was, no matter what you do, Brian, understand, ask the question, be curious, understand, be curious, understand again, and then after that connect. That's that was the ultimate thing. I think that's and, good advice. Understand and connect. You know, yeah. wherever you yeah. go. I think some people I, I've seen this before where they come in to a new place, a new country, a new culture, but they refuse to understand. They just want to bulldoze their way because they've done it before. 
but they only have this one track and i feel like that's the wrong way of doing it i think i think that's good advice understanding about uh, and and uh, connecting with people like if you if you you know you can bulldoze your way in you know uh, work for some people yeah. but it depends on and on on you know uh, how long can you survive right uh, because when you you see when you bulldoze your, your way in what you do is you have a change of people so a lot of people may not feel that that is the way for them So then after that they fall out, Correct. and then new people come in, right? And then bulldoze again. Then these people feel that okay, this is not for me. Then they fall out, and then they come back in again. Correct. So if you're that type of person who you know that you're a, you can survive by yourself and you bulldoze and you don't mind change your people, that's fine, right? But for those that you know feel that your team is very important and and you know, then all the more it's very important to understand that everybody is different and understand that. That it is important to know, you know, uh, uh, who your team members are, like. And when I say who means it's literal, you know, what they're like, what the what the culture is, you know, and what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are. Yeah. Cool, Brian. Uh, before we get into another question, I want to play this next case study, Blood Bank. I remember seeing it uh, in Chitra Pariwara when I came down to visit. I think yeah. it was the year that I. I gave a talk there and I saw it and I was like, shit, this one is a is a winner. It's a good idea. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, let's play that first, then we can talk about it. Okay. Yeah. 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 Waktu itu uh, ayah saya butuh transfusi darah pakai lima kantong. Waktu akan screening tidak selalu semuanya bisa uh, lolos untuk mendapatkan. Ya sudah terlambat akhirnya saya dipanggil yang mahkuasa. Over the years, the lack of blood supply in Indonesian blood bank has claimed many lives. And when people need urgent blood infusion, they're forced to find blood donors on their own. The fact is, we don't normally memorize people's blood type. The ignorance about this small piece of information could be the definitive factor in life-threatening situations. Indonesia has 69 million Facebook users. We saw a chance to convert it to 69 million potential donors. Working with Facebook, the Indonesian Red Cross has created an application within Facebook that connects friends based on their blood type, the Blood Book. Now, when you need blood, you can log on to your Facebook, then go and register to the Blood Book app. Search the blood type you need among your Facebook friends. Blood Book will find potential donors with the exact blood type that is needed. Click the blood request button, and a personalized message is sent directly to them. Your friends will receive your distress message and can easily help. You'll get all the blood you need, and it's from your friends. We introduced Blood Book, and it created hype on social media. Buzzers, celebrities, and news started talking about Blood Book. Now it's just started. It's good to know we're starting on a high. The vice president decided to become the first person to join Blood Book. Kita mengupayakan bagaimana anda semua yang mempunyai golongan darah yang sama membuat suatu hubungan lewat Facebook yang kemudian kita akan menjadikannya Blood Book. Hopefully, it will lead the millions of other Indonesian Facebook users to join Blood Book. 
Blood Book, a small act that can save lives. That was a nice piece, uh, Brian, uh, Blood Book. Uh, sorry, I caught you off by surprise. You were weeping. No, <laughs> no it's okay. <laughs> no, no. So uh, that was a nice piece. I remember it winning quite big. Uh, anything you want to say quickly about the piece of work or yeah. the story? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Every piece of work or story. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. But uh, you don't have to tell everything. This this one this one was interesting. Uh, 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 I think it's more of a, an opportunity than followed by a wasted opportunity. So obviously, you know, trying to sell the idea uh, uh, to Facebook, right? Was was we knew that that would be an uphill, right? Yeah. Because that's about you know changing their their brand a little bit. So initially, uh, Facebook said okay, right? Uh, and then we went ahead, we launched it, uh, um, and I think even at that time, the uh, what do you call it, the the, the vice president also, you know, was one of our first one of our first uh, members of of, of Blood Book. Uh, but unfortunately, I think you know it had some challenges in terms of approval from a global standpoint, you know, from Facebook. So that's when you know the program stopped after some time. But you know, it was it was one of those that was pity, like you know, pitiful that that did not continue because I'm very sure that if that went on, you know, that could help in a lot of ways, you know, in terms of how you know how. Uh, 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 how we can support when it comes to blood donation. Correct. And right about now, Brian, um, this is a bit of during the time of your transition from heading the creative team to heading the whole uh, agency. How did that happen and why would you want to do that, you know, after so many years of heading up creative, you know? Yeah. I think what happened first was uh, uh, so obviously it was just Leo Burnett, uh, and then uh, then after that it was it was uh, the whole publicist one happened. Uh, so then we consolidated with uh, publicist and Sachi. Uh, so that was only the first three, um, uh, and you know, and then after that I took on that role, uh, and then later on when my uh, when my CEO at that time. Uh, when she resigned to take on a, a, a different, you know, to take on a different journey, uh, and and at my 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 regional CEO at the time, so he asked me if I was if I was keen, uh, uh, if I was you know would be interested to take on this job. I think the way the way I saw it was uh, so obviously you know I wanted to find out what what is it that I needed to do, right? So the the basis or the decision was quite simple, right? Is one is look at at the end of the day what you want the organization to stand for, right? Uh, uh, so, if it's people, you know, how do we create? How do we bring in the best people? How do we groom those people? Uh, uh, second was the product. What you want those people to create? So then you create the product, and with that product, when you create good products, at the end of the day, it's it's about it's about you know the business will follow right? So based on that formula, then I, you know, obviously, you know, the discussion with the CEO at the time, regional CEO is, you know, this is what my plan is, right? So then I re, you know, you know, re-looked at the entire organization structure, uh, 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 looked at, you know, how is it that I need to restructure the organization to deliver these three points, and knowing that it's about still people at the end of the day, uh, but you know, and and get the people to deliver the revenue and and grow the business from there. Uh, I guess I said yes also because you know I knew that I had my guys and my team around me, 
you know, and they will support me. Uh, and and you know, if it was, let's say, for example, at that time, if a different company were to call me and to say, Brian, I want you to take on this role, a CEO role, right? I don't think I would have done it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think because it's it's in that the organization that I was already in, and you had I knew support system as well. I had. Or I knew that I knew that there's you know there's this group of passionate people that can help me, you know. Then I said, okay, you know what? I'll give this a shot. I mean, it's very challenging. It's very challenging. Uh, what is the uh, toughest thing? You know, being a creative head and then uh, being an agency head. I'm sure there's a there's a conflicting because it's right and left. You know. Yeah, yeah. So that 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 that. I mean, until today. I mean, I'll be very honest with you. Until today, that still fights, right? Uh, as a creative, you know, you always feel that you will do anything, right, to protect the idea, right, uh, uh, to push that idea through. Uh, now you're looking at, you know, uh, you're having that discussions, you know, in terms of, of, you know, how much, you know, what's the revenue of this, you know, what's the revenue of this client, what are we risking, right? Uh, you got to understand that risk as well. Uh, the way I look at it is also this, right, as a creative, you can always be, uh, you can always be extremely optimistic as a creative, right? As a business person, you cannot always be extremely optimistic. You have to look at the bad side of things. You have to be slight. You have to be pessimistic, because what you need to do at the end of the day is, is for me like for me, is I needed to look at what would the risk be, right? And because at the end of the day, it's a business, right? So as a creative, your sole responsibility is to be truthful to the idea, right? When you're in business, your sole responsibility is to be truthful to the the profitability of the business because the business will allow you to give back to the people, hmm. right? If your business don't do well, then you can't give back to your to your to your guys, right? So I have to look at it as in I'm doing this, or the decision I make is for the people, it's for my guys. So I have to look at what the opportunities and what the risks are. You know, so that's the biggest, you know, that's the the, the, the big the big the big change. Like as a creative, you know, you're always super optimistic, right? It's like, you know, it's okay, this idea breakthrough, we're gonna sell it like, you know, don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah. But now always think what if they don't, you know, what I, do you need I to realize do? that because my path is very different. I never want to uh, hit up the agency in a business side of things but when I went to the client side then I realized like shit I think I cannot be stubborn as a creative I need to open up and understand what works for this brand and what is going to give us numbers rather than what's just going to give them eyeballs you know like things like that then I realized from because, a brand yeah correct, correct because the numbers the numbers allow you to reward your people right correct Right. So if, if you say no, you know, screw this. It's not, you know, it, it it can't be just about the numbers. If you don't look, if you don't put importance in the numbers, then you know, then you don't have the flexibility to reward people. So I think at the end of the day, it's just, you know, fighting it as much as you can, right? So then the business become profitable, and then you can reward the people. You no, know? cool. like you're saying, like right, it's, it's, you have to look at that one all the more. It becomes very important to look at that at the business right. side of it. Uh, Brian, yeah. let's jump into another work of yours. Uh, this one was, okay. I think, um, uh, McD wrapped. We're gonna see this uh, case study ah. in a bit, <coughs> and uh, okay, okay. I think it's one of your, the, uh, I think uh, one of the most standout campaigns from Indonesia that won really big internationally as well. And uh, yeah. let's, you want to talk about it before? Or? 
tell us a bit about it uh uh can i'll do a preamble on this uh i think it was interesting that the the this idea came about uh, as uh, a tv script first right the team came and then chat uh, that hey why don't we do this for the tv and i say hey that's a fantastic idea right uh, because it's also very cultural re- relevant um, but why don't we do it for everything right so normally you have like mcdonald's during ramadan they always have their promo commercials you know why don't we wrap everything if mcdonald's as a symbol shows good food then in ramadan then you should cover everything right uh what's the client play that then very scared that the clients no actually the the you know like i was saying right uh, earlier on it's so important when you have brave clients and you have good clients like even from the first time the friction flag went with a commercial that was about letting go of air mm-hmm. right and then now it was a client that just says you know what let's just do it let's just go for it so i think again the the blessing with 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 clients is always when you have a client that's willing to take that 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 a little bit of risk and i think our mcdonald's client did that so after that then i'll i'll share a story i'll share a story let's after. play that but yeah. let's watch that first yeah watch that first yeah Brian we're back um, amazing piece of work I yeah. think uh, getting a brave client to cover the logo I think that's a huge thing right uh, not a lot of clients will say yes not a lot of brand uh, and marketers brand managers will say yes you know tell us your story yeah. if you have anything funny about this or interesting about this yeah uh, the client the, the client's fantastic you know uh, like you say right it takes a brave client to, to want to do something like that but i think you know at the end of the day he knew what his assets were in terms of what mcdonald assets were you have the music you have the tone and manner so i think that one worked very well 
um, there was one there was one extension to the idea that uh, Mark Tatzel asked us to follow through but then we didn't you know it didn't happen was Mark Tatzel which is our global uh, chief credit officer for Leo Banana at that time he asked us to wrap the entire store so oh, <laughs> it was like okay so obviously we came back we asked the client the client says okay I know I said yes to the pylon and said yes to the you know all of the commercials running without product but please don't ask me to cover my shit my, my entire restaurant <laughs> so that <laughs> mark I tried but you know I couldn't push it anymore like, you know but that would have been quite quite crazy like. but that's amazing man like uh, I mean that one I saw quite a bit it won quite, quite a lot of awards and uh Yeah. I think it was a big thing for Indonesia as well, you know. Uh that it won internationally one of those that's recognized out of Indonesia, you know. Um yeah. and I remember going to an award show once uh, during one of those years and I remember seeing everybody wearing your name on their t-shirts. Like do, do, do you remember that? <laughs> uh, your team loved you so much that they started wearing t-shirts with your name <laughs> on it. I remember that. One very, you know, one thing about the team is is when every time we had this Chitra Pariwara, right? Uh, whether we won a lot or we didn't win a lot, we made more noise you know, than anybody else, right? Uh, um, uh, and and you know whether it is just nominated or or whether it wins a, a goal, the same amount of cheering, the same amount of voice that that you hear, and I think that is the one where where I was saying, right? Um, uh, the energy of the people is very important yeah. right and 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 one thing they always did was they, they all had t-shirts so we had every chitra pariwara we always had some form of t-shirts you know and you know we used to print and sometimes it was really crazy uh, but the the fantastic team thing is whether we won or we lost i mean we won or we you know where the the, the, the finalists did not go to a medal we were just making a lot of noise <laughs> so i think that's the best thing about no, it no i think it's good at the award shows you know like everybody has fun because it's a lot of hard work put into for the work to yeah, go out and then you're just there to enjoy whether it wins or not it doesn't matter you know uh, i feel like now it's become a lot more serious like an, a lot more hatred in the shows yeah yeah but yeah. i think it should be fun <laughs> like you know bring the fun back you know like just just have a good time you know you did good work right. and if it gets rewarded or not you're already happy because you did good work and just have fun yeah. um so it's like also something right you you cheer for you even cheer for the others with gold gold and silver right yeah and one thing is is our kids always did that so they always made so much noise that they even were cheering and and shouting for the for, you know for the other agencies yeah well. their friends and other agencies and stuff like that that's good i think it's good culture to have and uh, i think in total indonesia always has that really fl- friendly very with open arms you know very welcoming they all good uh, the good energy is there like they can do anything very positive loud. very loud yeah very passionate <laughs> i think that's that's amazing about that that culture that um so can you make when gojek won or so right gojek won couple of couple of times big ones I can imagine the noise that you guys were making. Oh yeah, we were crazy. Uh yeah, because and uh, it was funny because we were not like an agency but we were there uh yeah and and we won it was fun. It was fun. Uh and we had some interesting work as well and uh yeah, the Chitra Pariwara is a fun show that I remember, you know, like, fondly like three or four times that I've been there. 
it was a it was a good fun show actually every uh, uh, even the last time when i just uh, kanchil uh, last year uh, even when you know they used to come to me and say hey any chance chitta parivara can get me as judge because they all love the energy and the vibe they like to be around yeah correct it's a good fun it's good fun it's good fun uh, good people good show uh, it's a it's a fun yeah if any of you all haven't been to chitra parivara indonesia go and check it out it's in a mall in the in the in the center of a mall and then the dj comes on and starts playing after that it's it's a good party la it's a good party so yeah. brian uh, we're going to play one piece of work the last piece of work uh, from uh, bisquad uh, you want to talk about yeah. this first or anything before or anything after uh i can go I'll, i'll talk about it first this is my i i guess would be my last uh, uh, uh my last script as the the chief uh, as the creative lead for the group uh um so you know it's 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 one of those where you know the client there was a lot of pressure because mondelez was a new client uh and 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 at a time as the creative lead you know i thought okay you know this could be a interesting opportunity to you know write a good script uh and and we you know i was i was going around i was going on the uh, you know going to the mall you know with my wife i was in a car and then as the we stopped at the traffic light i saw this very i saw two boys sitting on a curb right uh one boy was very big right and then he was just sitting on the curb and then he was next to him with his friend and the friend was very small very small size but they both i saw both of them clicking uh and and i thought you know what do they have in common what do they talk about you know is it because one they don't look like brothers right but there must be an interesting story you know for both of them as as as, as this big boy and this small little kid man so then you know the entire time i thought of you know then i came up with the script by the time i reached the mall uh, uh first i shared with my wife you know then my wife said she liked it then after that i called my my chief strategy officer at the time shailesh i called him and i said hey what do you think of this story here you know and we presented to the client uh i had a morbid part of the story uh, uh, you know it was you know uh, one of the boy's father actually passed away you know that was the original story but obviously when i presented to the client client hey brina i love the script but can we do without the the the, the kids father you know passing as oh yeah okay 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 you know let's just modify it but yeah that's when the script came out it was a trip to the mall so let's yeah. watch that yeah let's watch that right now let's watch that sebela diri kok diam aja
That's a nice piece, Brian. Um, so yeah, I, I think uh, sometimes, like you said, you know, a lot of the stories that we put in ads and and and, uh, and the work that we do sometimes comes from real life. I mean, most of the time it comes from real life. It's it's borrowed or something that you saw or your own story or someone told you something. I think that's amazing about you know what we do sometimes in advertising and in creative. You know, yeah. you take things from you what you've seen what you've heard what you've felt and then you put it into the work and, and uh, I think that's cool like from the story we, we know that's a bit about you and your brother but at the same time also uh, about these two kids that you saw the big and the small uh, small guy before you know and that's amazing yeah which comes back which come back to the, the previous story right like Jasmine just be curious right yeah. you just look around you ask around you talk around you know and I think we learn from that now. so right. Again, we're gonna wrap this session up. But uh, yeah. Ryan, before yeah. we leave, what's your last piece of advice? You know, to creatives, whether wanting to go to a different market or just uh, trying to move from creative to the business side or brand side, or just trying to do something new. What would you give them as an advice? Uh, well, it's actually a very difficult question to answer <laughs> yeah, because there's so many things that yeah. you can say. Right? Uh, Anything um, just top okay. of your mind, you know. Uh, for me, it's just whatever your decision, just love what you do. Hmm. No matter what it is, no matter where you go, you know, I think just have, just make it very clear that, you know, what is it that you want to achieve and, you know, that what is it, will, what will, what do you need to do to every day, day in, day out, don't look at this as, as a job, look at it as, you know, something that you're going to have, you know, have, have good fun with in that journey. Um, and I'm gonna just before we even go off and I think I'll point one finger look at you right it's exactly that right everywhere you went to every time we had the conversations you know and the reason why you do well is because you love and you're so curious and you love exact everything that you do and I think that's that's it doesn't get more complicated than that right is the simplest answer is the passion for, for, for what we do just keep it up just yeah, I think I think it's a good point, Brian. I, I I like a lot of people tend to get to struggle after a while. You know, like oh, I'm so tired of going to the office. I think whenever if I fe- I felt a bit like that sometimes, uh, mm. but when I felt like that, I realized like shit. Either I'm gonna change the place I'm working in, or change something that I'm doing in that place. You know, either move or do make right. a difference. Yeah. Exactly that. Exactly that. Correct. But it's a, it's a it's a good piece of advice, you know. Like you know, love what you do. Be passionate. Uh, be curious. You know, like I I've always enjoyed whichever place that I work. And even if uh, the place isn't as enjoyable, I will try to make it the the best or the most fun I can have in that place. You know. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel that. I linking to that. Just one last advice. A lot of people feel that, you know, they can't they they can't make a difference. Maybe that's why they are bored. But I think it's important for everyone to know that everywhere you go to, you can make a difference. One is because you got to see that as your agency, your company, right? So once you're there, whether you're not director or an FA artist or even you're a, you're a CEO, you know that each and every one person in an organization can make a difference, and they must know that they can. Hmm. Because if they can't, the minute something wrong happens, they say, "I oh, this place doesn't work," you know, and then that's it. You know, I'm bored. You know, I'll go somewhere else. But if they feel they can make a difference because they have the ownership of the place and then they will, you know, they will find a way to make that difference and take, you know, and claim that that is the place, that is their place, that is their agency. 
right cool thank you very much yeah. Brian for we, we, we're gonna wrap up the session thank you very much for joining cool. us today I think we've got a lot of uh, value in, in the and amazing answers for a lot of creatives and agency people to listen to and learn from when they want to tackle a new market going into a new role I think passion being curious and all that is the is the take out out of today and uh, I would again like to thank you for all the mentorship that you've done throughout my career and every phone calls that you've taken from me and uh, all the fun that we had back in the days as well you know not just the work but also the drinking parties and all that I oh, always yeah, remember yeah, yeah, of all the gra- <laughs> graveyards that we used to drink at the end of parties and that was a amazing uh, it was just I learned so much from you and I hope and, and I think you've done uh, very well in Indonesia I mean amazingly in Indonesia you've created not just a name for yourself but you've created a lot of this young uh, CDs a lot of leaders that came out from your agency who are going out and teaching what you taught them and I've done that as well I've always remembered some of the things that you taught and I always try to bring it down uh, and teach my younger ones as well I think that's amazing right uh, and thank you so much not just from me from everyone you've you've touched uh, uh, in terms of work you know like how you've you've trained them and groomed them into amazing creative leaders and thank you so much and uh, thanks, thanks for rocking thanks, Indonesia and, and uh, <laughs> building an amazing agency there in Indonesia as well and uh, we wish you all the luck. I'm going to end with my intro. Thank you, everyone, for watching today. Uh, thank you, Brian, for being here. The end.